Welcome to Making Your Miles Count podcast, a place where independent operators in Canada find true understanding about their own industry. And today we're going to have a special interview with a man by the name of Michael Glassford. He's been our client for a number of years and a very successful uh, owner-operator out of Ontario. He's moving from one carrier to another, and that occasionally um, is uh, par for the course as an independent operator. Remember, an owner-operator is somebody who runs percentage, and a lease operator is somebody who gets paid flat rate cents per mile. This interview also has Peter Funk and Dan Scaper, who are helping uh, a fellow owner-operator make some choices, getting a little bit of understanding about the industry. Michael is extremely uh, proficient at his, at his uh, particular task and niche, and uh, sometimes I think uh, we learned more uh, in the interview uh, from him than we were providing. But realistically, I, this is to the benefit of you and uh, not necessarily us. So I really appreciate you joining. If you like this kind of contact, please subscribe to our channel. It helps us uh, to make uh, proper content for you and, uh, and like, share it with individuals who may need to be encouraged a little in what they're doing. And uh, thank you very much. Welcome to Making Your Miles Count Production, an educational program to all Canadian lease owner-operators with your host, Robert Scaper. Okay, well, first of all, I'd like to uh, introduce to you uh, uh, Peter Funk and actually my brother, uh, Dan uh, Scaper. Uh, these guys are have been uh, drivers uh, 30, 35 years, whatever it is. And uh, they're both doing uh, uh, flat decks right now. And uh, we do podcasts for Making Your Miles Count. A uh, couple of things. I'd like to like to get to know a little bit of what your history is. Uh, you sent some really nice pictures of your truck and, and trailer and uh, uh, and the like. Now, you, uh, you own both of them, eh? Like, of course. Yes, sir. Uh, and uh, you're out of uh, Ontario. And uh, the unique uh, trailer you have there, uh, Conestoga. Yes. How, how long? How long have you owned it? Uh, two years. Two years. To your understanding, are there any uh, restrictions in using that, uh, even in your current job that you have right now? I am finding uh, that there's a fair amount of people who do not want to load Conestogas. Ah, I see. Because mm -hmm. it's side or uh, side loading or. My thought or my theory is that there's a lot of people that are um, squeamish about letting their people with forklifts get near them. Oh. Because they can damage them. Sure. Oh, so They're pretty oh. easy to damage. Yeah, liability yeah. issues. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. This is what I'm saying. They won't, they won't exactly come out and tell you that. Yeah, of course. Okay, a couple of questions uh, maybe right mm. off the bat. How long have you been driving truck? I've had my license for over 40 years. Aha. Uh -huh. We'll call you seasoned I, then. <laughs> I got my license in the military. Oh, okay. Cool. You're right now, you're what we classify as an owner-operator. Uh, have you ever been a lease operator, or have you always been an owner-operator? No, I have been a company driver for most of the time that I've been driving. Uh, I've only been uh, an owner-operator slash lease operator because I don't actually have my own authority. Yeah. Uh, but you've always been on percentage, or were you on miles at one time, too? Just been on percentage for the last uh, five years. Oh, five years. Okay, okay. 
And uh, what kind of experience do you have? Like, uh, do you have you always done deck, or is it deck, van, reefer? I have done deck, van, reefer. I've done uh, flat deck. I, in the military, I did some RGN work, um, you know, heavy haul. I have basically, I have not done tanker or okay. logs or bulk. That's the only three things I haven't done. Oh, okay. Um, how many carriers have you worked for, say, in, uh, uh, as an uh, owner-operator in the last five years? As an owner-operator? Yeah. Two? Correct. And how long have you been at the current one you're at right now? Just crossed the six-month mark. Six months. Okay. Um, what are your expectations for driving long-term? Are you, uh, you got it one year, five year? Uh, until they pry my dead fingers from the stern. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Approximately, what are you looking at in terms of uh, days out on the road at a, at any one time? What's the uh, um, how do we say the the longest you would uh, you would allow yourself to be out on the road, or maybe your your uh, significant when other? The, when I first started, uh, the the guy that I I, I leased under, um, we had we had worked into a, a routine where I would go out for two weeks at a time come back home, spend four days, and then go back out again for two weeks at a time. Oh, yeah. And um, I, found that at the, I found that to be the most profitable because then I could get in a, uh, a mid-range, like 900,000-mile run uh, to start with and then do two 600 or, you know, five to 600-mile runs in the middle and then finish it off with another long one. Um, the hmm. idea was always every other weekend I'd get home. Oh, yeah. But uh, the last month and a half has been uh, terrible. Yeah. Is there anything that you that you don't want to do? Say you don't want to go in this area, you don't want to do this or that. New York City. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Join the club. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was there two weeks ago. <laughs> no fun. <laughs> As far as that, anywhere. I, I go anywhere and do anything. In fact, I like uh, the more demanding the customer is, right? the more anal retentive he is and, and, and want you know, someone to be extra careful. Those are my favorite customers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's also where the money is, right? Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, once they see that you have, like I just picked up a load from Oregon and um, Portland, Oregon. And brought it back here. And apparently, the last six times he's shipped this load out, uh, he's got delicate panels that are used to make truck beds with, like truck bodies. Okay. Okay. And um, they're, you know, they they're basically styrofoam with a, a hard cover on 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 either end of it. And apparently, the last six guys uh, wrecked them, caused damage to them, and he was. Absolutely thrilled when I pulled out four foot long corner boards and covered the entire load with it. Oh, yeah. All right, to make sure he says, Well, I haven't seen anybody with those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right on. So it, it, it helps to have, I have all the all the stuff to, to, to meet the, you know, the delicate stuff that needs sure. to be. Sure. You were, you were driving then basically uh, four and a half years as an owner operator for a different company. What was the reason why you left that company? Uh, because the owner got sick and uh, retired. Oh, there you go. Otherwise, I'd, I'd still be there. I, I don't like to move. The 
the last company I worked for, I worked for for 10 years. Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, once I get into it, I, I'm quite, I, I hope I don't have to look again after this. Sure. This mm, yeah, that's good. Uh, was there any particular uh, thing that drew you to your existing company? Uh, like, was there a friend, uh, a customer, uh, anything at all, or anything specific? Well, two people I've driven with uh, have, have come on with this company. Uh, I knew them, and uh, my dis- and then the previous owner I worked worked with, he recommended them. Oh, okay. And I, then I did my own... Uh, uh, my accountant did not recommend them. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I did some quick research, but normally I tend to research these things for months on end. Yeah. Before I make a decision, and in this particular case, I didn't have the, I didn't have the uh, the luxury of being able to do that. Sure. Uh, because it was Christmas time, and he just quit and left me with, you know. Oh wow. Find a new place, and uh, yeah, so. Uh, I my my theory at the time is I don't like big companies typically. Yeah. I like the smaller smaller guys. You get better you get more personal attention and uh I I just they, they usually have more respect for you and let you do your job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, it I find with the smaller people they typically treat you as partners rather than as a number. In the- this case I was worried about the economy which Yeah. I figured I had better chances going with a large carrier with a long history, but unfortunately, it's not working out. And sure, I think uh, busy enough in the states. It yeah, yeah. it might be a little bit where you're located in Ontario. I I don't know. I I'm not a, a like to try and uh, and figure out match a, a truck driver with a carrier is. Uh, uh, I think you'd be better at matchmaking uh, marriages than than that. Sometimes, <laughs> it's 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 not a it's certainly not a simple uh, a simple choice. The biggest thing, probably, I I got three major points when it comes to uh, um, choosing a carrier. I I always say unless you're in the top twenty percent of any one particular carrier, so like you are 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 doing exceptional. They love you. You love them. You've carved out a nice niche. Unless you're in the top 20%, you should always have a short list somewhere where you say, okay, this is my second, third, or fourth choice. Uh, a person should always have that list uh, available um, um, in there. And the second, uh, the second thing, especially in your choice, uh, because, I mean, uh, uh, you got um, decades of experience, um, a nice unit, and uh, um, you, you have a high-service-oriented high uh uh, future for yourself and and in your past, um, you should be uh, interviewing carriers and not the other way around. A lot of times, what comes across from recruiters and the like is that uh, the carriers are are uh, uh, are interviewing the drivers. When realistically, especially from your perspective, um, you're in the you're in the driver's seat, not the not the carriers uh, in there. You they should be impressing you and not the other way around. Probably the the other one is uh, uh, don't shoot uh, for a perfect choice or a perfect match. Uh, there's very little perfect matches anywhere um, uh, in there. The biggest thing is just avoid bad choices. I don't know if I'd necessarily call uh, your move to this particular uh, thing a bad choice. Um, 
it's maybe an unfortunate situation because when freight slows down, uh, there's a a lot of things changes in carriers. There's there's just in Canada alone. There's there's over ten thousand carriers, and uh, that makes a uh, there's a there's a lot of choices that we have. Way too many. Our brains can't uh, understand ten thousand different choices. Uh, we can't even uh, understand more than six. Uh, if we have a choice of six, that's we can make good choices of, of six. So the biggest thing is to avoid the ones that uh, are really, really bad. And that's probably where I would uh, I'd focus the most of a, uh, attention, and that is to avoid a, a really bad choice. Probably your, your biggest hurdle is going to be the, the trailer that you have. Um, how, how married to your trailer are you, and what I'm, is your thoughts on not it? Not at all. Not huh? at all. I'm, I'm quite... I started off with actually the perfect trailer. Hmm. Um, I, I, I did my research in the beginning. So when I first started off this venture, I had a, a triaxle with a, with a rear lift, a, a, double, a double drop step deck um, with the 17.5 tires. Okay. It was 30, 36 inches off the ground, mm-hmm. which... Uh, opened me up to pretty much all kinds of different freight. I was able to haul mm-hmm. a lot of, uh, uh, of the larger tractors and, and uh, excavators and all kinds of stuff, as well as regular uh, construction freight. It was uh, Jesse, it was, uh, it was the, the company owner, because a number of his clients really preferred, he had specific clients that preferred us to have Conestogas. Oh, yeah. So it was with his repeated uh, pushing that he finally convinced me to okay, I'll go ahead and get a, you know. Okay, so you're and, yeah, and then, yeah, and then a year later he's gone. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, there you so go. I'm finding, Oops. I'm finding myself. Hey, you know, now this company, it's like all I hear about is oh, we don't want to load Conestogas, but geez, if you had a step deck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. 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 Yeah, sure. Oh, wow. Good. Um, th- that that might be something like unless you find something very specific, so that the Conestoga is the perfect match uh, for you. I guess a little bit de- depends on how desperate you are to to move to a new one. You know, in terms of cash flow and stuff like this, how how much time you, it would take you to uh, to find a new carrier. Luckily enough, I took a. Uh, I've read every article you've ever written. Oh yeah. Hmm. Um, and I've read all your yep. books, right, numerous times. Hmm. So um, I took I took everything you, you, you said to heart and uh, continue to pay myself, right, uh, as if I was working for my company. Sure. And uh, banked everything. So thankfully, I, I have managed to, in five years, bank a fair amount. Oh, okay. Uh, but the last month and a half, I've probably lost roughly twenty-five grand. Oh wow! Okay. Did you lose twenty-five grand, or is it just losing that much revenue? Uh, it's a combination of the two. I am. Okay. Well, um, do in your resources of finding carriers, like um, there's large carriers and small carriers. Now, like and like I was saying, there's thousands of carriers all over. 
if you are very specific in terms of you want uh, a certain type of of, of deck uh, deck work, because uh, that is something that you really want to continue doing, um, I can send you a list of. Uh, I don't think I've ever sent anybody a list less than three uh, carriers because I don't support one uh, one carrier at all, or or I don't promote any one carrier over another. Uh, um, if I would do that publicly, uh, I would do it very uh, quickly because it's, it's so litigious. I would be <laughs> out on my butt and, uh, you know, on the street very quickly. But uh, um, realistically, well, it's, well, it's, either, it's either even carrier, sorry, to interrupt, but yeah. it's either a carrier or at the same time, I do have the option, right? If I could get if I could get a lead on uh, a shipper uh-huh. uh, who had a, a you know like. Okay, now you're talking a little bit different here. To get your own uh, running rights is another. Uh, um, I don't. I don't see with Admiral. I don't need my own running rights to, to sure. secure my own shipper. They sure. give me in my contract. They give me the right to find my own customers. Sure, sure. I can directly mm. negotiate my own. My own. Uh, my sure. Own now, uh, when it comes to uh, moving from an owner operator to a trucking company, this is a, which is a very different animal. Um, um, I think you're well qualified to do it uh, from a cash flow perspective uh, uh, and the like. The uh, the the leap from being an owner operator to being a, a carrier is actually just a, an administrative. It's a paperwork thing. Um, because oftentimes, actually, the, one of the first steps that uh, a, a lot of operators do when they move from being an owner-operator to their own running rights, they just find themselves a really good load broker and say, listen, okay, I've been doing this. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and they tie 80, 85, 95% of everything they move in the first six or nine months to one load broker. And uh, and they they they're cut regular checks from the load broker, and as long as it's a reputable uh, um, load broker that that they're working with, um, uh, it's not that bad. You can then start looking and developing your own for your own cu- uh, customers, uh, your own lanes and loops, and then you can decide what kind of equipment and stuff like this, and you can build your own future uh, uh, for that. Um, um, it's a uh, it's pretty good. Now there are some upfront costs on it. Have you ever read uh, uh, "So You Want to Own a Trucking Company"? That's from uh, uh, Bill Cameron. Yeah. yeah, three times. Oh, really? It's great, great, uh, great, great little articles in there. A comp- compilation of a whole bunch of articles in there. Um, I, I I do have to put just a little caveat, uh-huh. and that is, uh, I get from a business standpoint everything he said makes complete sense. Sure. Uh, but I think he missed out one thing, and that is that one doesn't do everything just because of the numbers. Yeah, yes. A lot of people become business owners in a certain area because it happens to be a passion of theirs. You know, it happens mm-hmm. to be something they enjoy doing. So mm-hmm. how one determines their level of success, I wouldn't say I'm rich doing what I've done for the last five years, yeah. right? but I've managed, to t- I've managed to take care of myself. I've obviously managed to keep my truck up looking pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but my biggest joy is that I get to do what I love. Sure. So to me, if, that's success. Yeah, for sure. I I can give you the general stats of individuals, and we have quite a few guys who who go from uh, like uh, become their own a uh, small a uh, small carrier. They typically, on average, 
they don't make um, anything more than 5 to 15% more than uh, an owner-operator does. Uh, but almost universally, 80 to 90% of them work much less. And uh, if the, uh, I mean, we do have 5 to 10% of them, you know, they work like crazy and then they buy the second truck, third truck. And then, I mean, we have some guys uh, at a different company called DICOM and, uh, and, and uh, you know, guys with uh, 10, 15 plus trucks uh, um, and they're, and they they have a going concern uh, uh, quite a bit there, but uh, um, generally speaking, and we, and we have, there's lots of guys who have their own running rights, and uh, and once they get past the the 18 to 24 month mark uh, with their own running rights, and they and they develop a a, a very strong reputation uh, of good service, they actually do quite well. And uh, some of the, some of the points that Bill Cameron does make is yeah, there's a lot of hurdles for the first little while because nobody trusts you because you're a new trucking company, of course, you know. But uh, if you um, if you're interested in in getting your own running rights, um, you don't necessarily uh, you know have to have uh, uh, you know twenty thirty trucks uh, ten years from now. That's not necessarily a goal. If you want uh, true independence and uh, work with work with customers uh, that have great service, well, those are uh, that's a that's a phenomenal ad, uh, admirable uh, future, you know. And you can do very respectful uh, uh, returns uh, for you know carving out a, a nice niche uh, of high level service for it. Very similar. The biggest, yeah. the biggest hurdle for me is the. How to get that? How to get that first customer when you're just one truck? Yeah, mm-hmm. and and that's that's where load brokers do an awful lot. I would say my guess is, and this is just a guess. I, um, it's not my area of expertise, but I would probably say sixty to seventy percent of all guys who get their own uh, running rights from a truck uh, go uh, a truck owner straight into getting their own running rights. They start off with a load broker. They start off with one load brokers and a load broker, and then maybe they go to two, uh, and uh, but over a period of time, and it uh, there is a barrier to entry that a lot of people don't uh, realize right at the beginning. First of all, uh, uh, when somebody gets their running rights and they start going out and they're they're dealing directly with either load brokers or or anybody. Um, Nobody trusts you for the first uh, eighteen to twenty-four months, you know. Mm-hmm. And they, their biggest thing is they don't want to get screwed by these small guys. Don't, they don't want to, uh, um, um, you know, lose all of their the freight that they've been they've been working for. But finding your your own loads, the easiest is probably get a load broker. But you're going to have trouble getting your own customers, you know, from a load broker. Obviously, a load broker wants you to use him forever, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, uh, but th- that is it. That is the biggest problem in, in in the first eighteen to twenty-four months, and that is securing customer direct freight, uh, and that takes a while um, uh, to do that. And there are so many different ways to do it. Some guys go, you know, directly to a customer and say, "Look, I've been hauling this for you for two years," you know. You know my face. I want to. I get my own running rights, and they can, uh, and they can secure their own. Uh, or if you wanted for the first little while, um, uh, use a load broker. Uh, it's uh, um, your your cash flow is 
is is quite secure usually. If you find a decent load broker, uh, you should be uh, quite well. Now there's there's an awful lot of load brokers in this world, and uh, I don't claim at all to. I don't even point anybody to load brokers because I don't. Uh, I don't even know half uh, half of the big ones or so. But it is it is the probably about sixty percent of the clients that we've experienced who get their own running rights. They first find themselves a load broker, and then that's what they start out with. And then once they've mastered their cash flow in there, then they start looking for their own freight and slowly develop their own customer from there. That that is that is an option for sure uh, that uh, that you might want to do. Uh, if but if you're looking for a carrier to work with, um, yeah, uh, the, the one that you sent me and looking at their contract. The when it comes to a carrier contract, when you're running owner operator, it can range from anywhere from you know uh, their cut is ten to you know twenty five percent kind of a thing. It's not necessarily that uh, you make more money at ten percent than at twenty five. Uh, everything depends on who their customers are, and uh, and and what access to freight rates that they can command. And because it, it's, uh, um, there are some what, very big cuts. Sort of, Sorry, go ahead. What, what sort of questions, uh, when I'm interviewing these people, what, what sort of questions should I ask them to get that relevant information? Yeah. They're going to give you cherry-picked all the really good answers, generally speaking. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah. uh, uh, real, realistically, uh, probably the, the, the reputation out on the street is probably the, the most important. Who the CEO is, how honest uh, uh, and in, uh, full of, it, of integrity they have, uh, that's the most important thing uh, because so much can uh, can change, uh, even carriers being bought out by someone else. Um, it's, uh, it can change so incredibly much. Uh, like you've expressed quite a bit when it comes to, uh, you know, over-dimensional and heavy haulers and that that is a specialty market within flat deck already and so there's you've cut down the available resource or how many how many companies do that probably 95% of all truckers trucking companies out there don't deal with that so you got much uh, lower amount of uh, carriers doing that kind of stuff already and even a big carrier that does oversize overdimensional you will more than likely the good ones anyway are going to be able to uh they're going to have a lot of custom use because oversize overdimensional they 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 are very very careful on who they hire um because there's so much liability issues uh in it there's so many mm-hmm. that's driver related they can't just hire somebody who came out of you know you know 18 months ago came out of the the, the school and uh, they they just throw them into the van, and uh, you know you can't do that with heavy haulers. They they there's a lot of mentoring, a lot of understanding to do. Um, I think you would be very well received. You'd be happy at even the what I would call a, the larger um, oversized, overdimensional guys, because uh, they know that their bread and butter are the drivers, because so much responsibility is on their shoulders. Um, uh, they they have to treat. They don't they don't just hire anybody uh, out there. And uh, I think you're very well well qualified to to do anything. So I don't I don't uh, I I hope 
you're you're not stuck on you know only these guys with you know five to ten or fifteen trucks or something like that. I think my biggest concern at this point, because mm-hmm. I've heard the promises, my biggest concern is the first question I asked you, and that is, uh, I would like to get on with somebody who I know, right, has contracts solidified enough that I won't have to be sitting a week and a half someplace. Uh, I don't know that industry or market very much. Do you know guys who are currently doing it? Doing uh, oversized, overdimensional. Yes, I've got feelers out to them. I don't know if I should. Be mentioning the name of these no there's uh, yeah there's no need for it anyway because uh, yeah. uh several reasons one we're being recorded and second it doesn't mean anything to me <laughs> it's a yeah. it's a niche within a niche you know but and there's, uh, there's one that's a massive corporation mm-hmm. that would be uh tractor only date so i wouldn't have to have a trailer okay and then there's the other one that we, we talked about sure He's smaller, but i would have to get my own trailer with him yeah the one that uh is taking on owner operators right now uh, that does not require me to have uh, my own trailer. They pay by the hour. Oh. And the other one pays 15%. Oh, their their cut and, is 15%. Yeah, and so both okay. of them, you know, both of them took, you know, 20 seconds look at my, my history and, you know, we're like, yeah, we'll take you on. No problem. Yeah, <laughs> you have a you have a very impressive resume. There's not very many people who have you know 40 years experience in the army and all what you've done or whatever. Mm-hmm. You're one of the cherry and the cherry pickers. Uh, I don't know if that makes well, sense. I also think it's. I also think when they, they look at my work history, they know yeah. I'm, I, I'm not looking for greener grass. Sure. I mean, I wherever I've landed, I've landed. If I've had to move on, it wasn't. Uh, I mean, even the company I was with for 10 years, I, I moved on because it was time for me to take a challenge and go out on my own. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. And and uh, my, uh, the, my boss at the time, you know, he was he was quite, he was actually mentoring me to help me to do it. So sure. he, he was quite quite excited for me. So, right on. Well, that's, that's, uh, that's good. I enjoy, uh, when, I, when I do an evaluation or if I talk to somebody about uh, evaluating different carriers, um, um, we were discussing it here with these these guys here, um, um, even just the other day. Um, if you know the culture of the company, and the company is uh, what I would call uh, wise leadership, where they uh, uh, they don't talk about uh, anything but uh, really sound advice. There was a good example that uh, and my brother had a situation where where. There was a new a new driver that came into the office and said, "Hey, you know what? How come you know there's a preferential treatment at this at this carrier? You know," and the uh, president or CEO came out and said, "Of course there is," and it kind of shocked the guy. And he said, "What, what do you mean?" He says, "Of course there is. Says, you you've just been here just a few months, and uh, I don't know what kind of a character you are. You have to work your way up, uh, to the top in this business." These other guys have done their time, and I know exactly what I'm dealing with, you know. And uh, and that kind of a response is is a, what I would call a, a wise leadership response, uh, as opposed to I, I, I was talking to an, about another company that when things got slow uh, in freight, uh, everybody would suffer a little bit until they get to a certain point, and then if the and if the uh, the freight went even softer than that. Then they would they would pick a list of you know five or ten uh, truck drivers and they basically starve those guys uh, into submission so that they would quit. 
And yeah. uh, that kind of behavior is not wise. It's much better for bring those five, ten guys in there and say, you know what, everything's soft, I'm terribly sorry, uh, but I'm going to have to let you guys go. Um, that that is a wi- that would be a wise response as opposed to the roundabout way and not really confronting stuff, you know. Um, that those kind of stories, uh, if you if you listen to the carrier and you say, you know what, these guys these guys really are comfortable. They stand for something, and you can feel very very confident that the leadership um, um, stands by principles, and uh, the, the you don't see you know, evidence of greed or, uh, uh, or, or revenge or anything like that. Um, uh, character is, uh, uh, is everything for a nice, safe, long-term financial uh, um, stability for your own self. Uh, that's for sure. You've got to park yourself under the right tree kind of a thing. Uh, right. Yeah. It's, it's somewhat easier at a larger company... Um, because for the simple reason, especially if it's a public company, they're governed by uh, different principles, and uh, they have they have more a- access to more resources, so that they can uh, afford to be uh, I should say afford to be principled, uh, but uh, but realistically, sometimes the smaller carriers that have have the CEO that that uh, does absolutely everything. If he's got a temper or something like that, I, you know, I just slowly back away and and uh, and uh, find myself another tree to try and uh, find shelter exactly. under. Okay, that, can I can sure. I jump jump in yeah. here a little bit? All right, my my name's Dan. I'm actually Rob's brother, and I uh, I've Hi. I've done a little bit of RGN for the company I I worked for or I'm working for presently, and uh, I I'm. There, there's a few reasons. I, I don't do it very often. I've, I still do it sort of like fill in right now. So uh, th- uh, the question I have for you in regards to the... Uh, Rob showed the company that you were thinking of. And there, uh, the oversize and uh, heavy hull, is, is that a regional... Do, do they service a lot of companies... Or businesses in their region, or do they just find stuff all over? Yeah, that's something I do not know yet. Okay, yeah, and and the only reason I ask is because uh, the their business model has to fit in with your lifestyle. Like if if they're going out and doing all of that stuff all over, and they can't get you home, uh, then then there's an issue. The other thing is. If they have just, uh, you you may not uh, get the diversity that you're looking for either. You know, uh, they they may have short contracts. They pay well, but you you won't get out uh, more than a thousand miles from uh, an area, and whether that fits into your business plan lifestyle is is a possibility also well i think i've gotten a little bit older and i've, I've pretty much been in ev- almost everywhere yeah 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 <laughs> and uh i'm okay i'm I, I mean i can do two three months short stuff stay stay close and whatnot 
I like every every few months I may want to take stretch my legs. Yeah. But I'm right back. I'll I'll go right back to doing the short stuff again because it's well, quite frankly, it pays better. So. Yeah, no, and, and and that that's that's cool. I like I like that because I know for, even for me, like I I can do uh, like like you said. There's there's some really good paying RGN heavy haul, and f- after a while, uh, I know the reason. Part of the reason I started not doing it anymore is because uh, when you're when you're doing oversize, running down the road with something fourteen and a half feet wide. Uh, nobody, everybody just wants to get around you. And you, for me, the, the, the stress level was getting too high. There, there's, it seemed like it draws out the idiots off of the road <laughs> faster when you put a sign on the front and back and the flashing <laughs> lights. Uh, all the idiots are all, it's sort of like bugs to a flood, <laughs> to a light bulb, right? Yeah, bugs to a light bulb. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I, and I could I I could deal with that to a point, and then all of a sudden, okay, now just give me a, a flat load, and I'm <laughs> I, I need to just drive a little bit. Be cool. To me, to me, my biggest concern is not what I'm hauling. It's just it's just more. I I I want more predictability, and I don't want to be dropped left left hanging like I have been. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, two months is a long time to be uh, left hanging. That's for sure. That's well, uh, six six runs in two months. Oh yeah, that's, that's you know, like I said, thank goodness I, 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 I didn't spend like a drunken monkey. You know, I mean, <laughs> mm, yep, yeah, I saved save my money. But uh, even now, I mean, I, I'm running, I'm running loads that uh, two years ago were paying me, uh, you know. 350 US to uh, uh, to 385 US. I'm I'm now running them at two dollars a month. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, is 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 that just because of the slowdown in the economy? Because I know even for me, uh, we 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 don't we're not seeing the big dollar mile uh, big dollar loads as much lately. Mm-hmm. Um, there it's. Uh, I, I don't know. I, like, I, I'm sure you're in the, in the same scenario. I, I don't have payments and I can afford not to do as much work. I, I like working, but, uh, um, I, I can, I can weather this, uh, this storm or whatever you want, this slowdown much easier than others. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it could be market. Which is the only reason I'm looking at the, you know, uh, Try to focus on some sort of a niche market where the competition isn't interested in it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. You, you got a bunch of people out there that are willing to run two dollars a mile. There's got to be something that I can do where uh, that competition wants nothing to do with this part of the industry. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it be, yeah. Basically, finding the the company where you need. Basically, you're buying a permit to exclude every one of the yeah. the the cheaper companies, right? Yeah, but exactly. it, they're they're really they're paying for your expertise and your yeah. ability to get a job done that other people would screw up in. Maybe that's a exactly. so, better way. Yeah. So right now, right now, I'm underutilized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I could be taking on far more. Yeah. 
you know, uh, attention oriented work for people. Sure. Right. Problem solving, things like that. Like, okay. for example, the, I, you know, when you get into 11 foot, it gets pretty crazy because now you're talking, you know, having to organize uh, right, pilot crews and whatnot. It's a little bit wild there, but um, I typically don't have an issue worrying about the driving aspect of the job. That all to me is, is very much set. That's why I keep doing it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's dealing with it's dealing with the, the people who are not honest and leave you hanging. Well, everybody, uh, at least the, how do I say this? If there's, if they've, if the company has been around, or for sure the CEO has been around for longer than twenty years in the industry, for the most part, uh, especially in in the specialty niche markets, um, they they uh, they should be able to weather this this out. Probably the worst, uh, the worst rate disaster actually occurred in 2008-9 when, uh, when it was just ridiculous. Uh, um, that was the, that was a rate disaster. The, the industry disaster was in 2000-2001 where uh, there's a whole bunch of, uh, a whole bunch of things coming at the same time. Rates are down low now and soft. But uh, from what it sounds like, it's it's not going to get super much uh, worse than this. You might have a little bit of a problem because where you're located uh, in Ontario, um, you it it might somewhat restrict you. And uh, now that if if you if you can emotionally say, you know what, I can I can get rid of my Conestoga, and uh, and um, and you have a lot of ability. Uh, even if you if you say you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna move over to a, a large carrier and operate there and uh, and just tell them you know what I'm gonna give you guys two years and uh, and just to, to I want to see a little bit more what what's going on it gives you if if you feel at all any financial pressure uh, just just feel free to just make a uh, you know a one and a half two year commitment at a at a large firm you know you're gonna get cash flow you know you're gonna get Get going again, and during that next two years, then um, um, make a make a longer list of uh, of what you actually want to do in the industry. You know, and uh, um, I I I'm okay with people moving f- uh, from one carrier to the other, just as long as it's uh, it's less than uh, less than two years. Uh, this this is not your choice to leave. The, the company neither was your first uh, uh, one you know six months ago either or, or n- seven months ago um no, if, they, if they had the freight i'd keep i I'd sure be as a client, sure know. yeah and and before that even you know the if the company was even around then you know that kind of thing but uh um uh, i like i like the atmosphere but because it, it's as close to being it's as close to running a company on my own authority as i can get without actually having to do it <laughs> sure sure for sure, but that might be something you 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 might want to consider for the for the future and develop. You know, take a take a couple of years, keep yourself busy, and then start doing the research on the side, uh, where you say, okay, I'm going to get uh, say in in two you know eighteen or two uh, two years time from now, eighteen months to twenty four months, I'm going to get my own running rights and then start uh, doing the research think, during it. 
I think the biggest hurdle right now to running on my own authority is the insurance. It is. It is. A, it is a definitely an insu- a problem. It is more expensive. Once you get past the, uh, uh, how do I say? I guess maybe the eighteen to twenty four months. Uh, uh, it becomes more predictable with insurance. Uh, Ontario is. Uh, you you may have to go somewhere else to get uh, to get insurance. Uh, um, it's a little bit, how do I say, politics, I think, is a little bit more involved in, uh, uh, in Ontario than it is in other, in, than other provinces. That might be a different uh, route. I can't guarantee one way or the other, but I do know some guys who uh, have no problem getting their running rights and, and, having, and dealing with insurance right off the bat. Um, but it, uh, uh, um, I'm trying to think if there's any from Ontario. There. Yeah, there, there are a few, but they are comparatively wise they're how do i say they're a little bit more slim there's less of them uh from it but it 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 does you do have to do a little bit more prep for it as well plus also i uh, some some guys who come up to me and say getting your own running rights how much does it cost well um in theory five you know less than five grand for your running rights but uh the cash flow itself uh you should probably have Minimum of thirty thirty five thousand before, uh, because there's you know you have a whole bunch more upfront expenses and then cash flow. I know guys who who underfunded themselves right at the beginning and could only run for about uh, twenty twenty two days, and then they had to park their truck and wait for uh, cash to come in because they ran out of uh, ran out of funds to keep their truck rolling. Uh, All right, so uh, I, I set I set aside fifty grand. Oh, good. That's that's. Uh, that's that's good. Thirty five. I always thought was the minimum, but uh, that's that's a good idea. Have you thought of the option, or do you have the option? Uh, the the company, the heavy haul company you were looking at, do they have their own trailers that you could pull to see how you would fare at the company, as opposed to uh, selling yours and committing right away? Well, I don't mind. It, I I can always buy another trailer. Yeah. All right. So, so I'm not married. I, I, I could care less about the trailer. Okay. Mm. See, it's you're, you're, you're also, so. <laughs> you're also probably one of those guys that can find a good deal and get a good deal yeah. buying and selling. So, you, uh, I'm not one of those guys. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. yeah, no, uh, yeah, because I, I, I was just thinking, you know, because sometimes you, you make the commitment and you, there are, there are, uh, gray areas where you're not sure and had you known you know so uh, uh the company i'm working for uh most of the guys have their own tra- the most of the owner operators have their own trailers and i decided not to uh for a v- variety of reasons and one was uh i like the option uh because my company has, uh, they they have uh, step triaxles. They have straight uh, triaxles. They've got straight tandems. They've got RGNs, uh, and I can I can slide from one trailer to another trailer, and uh, I when I get home, they can have a different trailer loaded or a different you know that get and I like it because. Personally, I like the variety, 
as opposed to, you know what, I'm doing lumber all month and I'm done with that. You know, they, they'll, they'll give me three different trailers, three different types, a little bit of variety. Uh, that would be fun. I would find that intellectually appealing. Yeah. Yeah. So I, and that, and that was one reason why I never, I, I had lots of opportunities to buy a trailer and, uh, I, I know there. I know there's a couple guys who have bought and they have, they have a Conestoga, they have a a Step, and uh, and an RGN. They've got three different trailers. Well, they're you know they uh, during the summer, two of them sit insured for eight for months. <laughs> And they hardly ever use it. And then in the winter, they just pull the step mostly. And the other one, you know, it didn't make sense. Uh, and my wife said, no. J- j- <laughs> that's a bigger, that's yeah. a bigger. <laughs> yes. The CEO. Yeah, this is, yeah. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, there we go. So, yeah. Well, I, I hope I hope we've been helpful at least a little bit. Uh, uh, for you, we, we can uh, um, um, we can talk uh, again when uh, when you have a little bit more time, and then we'll uh, um, sure. you know, go out go in list in some some names. I like I said, it's not my area of expertise. Uh, um, uh, owner operators, that it's a much bigger field because you're you're working with freight rates. Um, and my actual research all in, entails more with lease operators where, you know, you get paid cents per mile and stuff like that. Uh, but, uh, owner operators, uh, I know a lot of guys move to owner operators, but you have to be a numbers guy and you're definitely a numbers guy. Uh, mm-hmm. what I'm trying to do is sometimes is get people who are, who, who are not numbers guys to get out of the owner operators and get back to be a lease operator because they're not thinking in the right number mindset or so. Uh, uh, in in that, but uh, but no, it, it's uh, it's a good industry to be in, uh, and and a specialty industry like uh, you know heavy haul and and overdimensional is uh, you can make lots of money. I suppose yeah. uh, certain industries like uh, oil oil field industries and stuff like that can feed that uh, that whole niche quite a bit sometimes, yeah. and then all of a sudden when uh, um, when a prime minister says. Oil is no good, and then everybody contracts uh, uh, in there. So it it changes the dynamics of the industry quite a bit. Uh, they're, they're a little bit more susceptible to um, to the ebb and flow of of uh, politics or so in that that particular market. But uh, but yeah, that's well, for sure. Here's if if I can leave anything, and maybe if this gets on to a onto the air, you can cancel it if you want, but <laughs> here's my political statement about that is, right, the science of success is not a secret. Yeah. Mm. It's, been, it's been figured out a long time ago. Anybody who's ever became successful wrote a book about it. Yeah. Unfortunately, all the books that you read about how to become successful, you won't find in any of our public education systems. Yeah. Or in or in Ottawa, sometimes I don't think they've read any of the success books. Right. Yeah. So it's like the idea, right? Uh, the idea that the the economy is this uh, complicated uh, right, monster is is rubbish. It all basically it all breaks down to uh, 
Uh, I'd say value. Can you produce value for your customer? Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, mm-hmm. it's just demographics. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. People at a certain age are going to have, have predictable spending patterns. And the, the majority of the economy right now is still being, is still being supported by the baby boomer generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, and, but that's going to be going through a, a rather volatile sea. So it's, it's either uh, it's the population age, it's the immigration right, uh, uh, rate, and the quality of that immigration influx, like mm-hmm. are, they, yeah. are the people coming in skilled, right? Or if they're unskilled, if they're unskilled, it's going to take two, three generations before they get to a level where they're yep. actually contributing to the economy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. That's for so, sure. That's you good. Know, uh, yeah, I mean, so I would say our, the big slowdown we have now, it's all political. It's not, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's got nothing to do with, uh, um, population because right now the biggest population in the world is at that point in life where normally they'd be spending like crazy yeah mm-hmm. yeah this is the this is the retirement years this is when they spend sure. yeah yeah I, I would yeah i totally agree i think that everything that we're experiencing any any slowdown uh, it it's all comes down uh, i can't think of anything and it's not politics because even the interest rates right now as uh, was is politics it politics had their fingers in it for so long and it's just uh, the uh the eventual uh, effect of of having their fingers in it far too long and yeah. uh and the excess of spending is probably the biggest factor it, it, it produces inflation then you have to increase the interest rates and the next thing we're going to deal with in the the somewhere near future, I I once said 2024. That might be a little bit early, but it might be 25 uh, to 27, and that is deficits in in a, uh, and that's going to produce a wave of of pain in people. Um, mm. uh, increased taxes. Well, that's the only Canada, answer. The biggest, the biggest problem is right now is this carbon tax. Oh yeah, yes. Yeah, mm. uh, in the trucking, in you know, all, so, yeah. Let's it's, it's a sl- it's let's a to let's talk about COVID and end up in a happy place then, because <laughs> <laughs> carbon tax is not exactly a happy place to end. <laughs> all right, all right. It's been a pleasure talking to you. I, I yeah. I've never met you. Just this little bit. I got a good vibe. I'm excited to hear what you actually finally decide. Yeah. And uh, what's really the most encouraging is that you've read so many books and you uh uh you've done you've done the right thing you you've got money set aside you can weather through these tougher times and uh the encouraging part of that is that uh the these tough times is where it weeds out the really difficult companies and uh it's just it just resets the people that are doing the right thing it resets them to to put their foot on the rung again and uh, take it, take themselves to the next level. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. All these yeah. buzzwords. Yeah, <laughs> but well, no, yeah, it, it is true. All these cliches, buzzwords, whatever. Yeah, yeah it it yeah. is, and it's true. You know, yeah. you read the book. The wise and, get wiser, and the uh, yeah. and the fools have to start over again. Yeah, yeah. It's been an interesting conversation, and you've definitely given me uh, a few uh, avenues to uh, pursue. Sure. Yeah. And uh, I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. All right. Yeah. 
Let us know Mr. what you're going to do. I, at least I'm inter interested. Mr. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you, Michael. Okay, sure. yeah. All right. <laughs> Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Yeah. Well, I hope you found that podcast helpful. It uh, has a lot of information in there, and uh, you may, f in reflection, find out you're um, heading in a different direction. But uh, even though he has uh, a very specialized niche in the, in the industry, in the market, um, it, his uh, understanding of the industry is uh, actually quite uh, applicable everywhere, uh, in my opinion. Very successful operator. If you enjoyed this content, uh, please subscribe to our channel. Share it. Sharing it is uh, very important. What we want to do is help uh, operators become more efficient and effective and uh, stable financially and otherwise in the industry. Other than that, have a great trip.